Hello and welcome to Tape Notes, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at the magic of recording and producing music. Every episode we'll be reuniting an artist and producer and talking through some of the highlights from their collaboration in the studio. So join us as we lift the lid on the creative process and the inner workings of music production to see what lies beneath. Hello, my name is John Kennedy and joining me for this episode of Tape Notes are the band The Big Moon and producer Catherine Marks. The Big Moon are a London-based punk pop four-piece formed by lead singer Juliette Jackson when she decided that a career in waitressing wasn't a life choice she was prepared to commit to. After putting the word out, Juliette met three other like-minded women through mutual friends and The Big Moon was born. With Juliet at the helm, the band features Soth Nathan on guitar, Celia Archer on bass, and Fern Ford on drums. Taking their lead from the grunge and Britpop girl groups of the 90s, the band quickly got to work and self-produced the tracks Sucker and Eureka Moment, releasing them on the fledgling Hard Up label in 2015. Armed with these songs, the group soon had the attention of the London music scene and found themselves supporting well-established performers like Ezra Furman and The Vaccines, before eventually being signed by Fiction Records, on which they released their first EP, The Road. In late 2016, the girls got together with producer Catherine Marks to record their debut album, Love in the Fourth Dimension. Catherine Marks is an award-winning music producer, engineer and mixer. Her career began with a chance encounter of Grammy award-winning producer Flood at a Nick Cave concert in 2001. Off the back of this meeting, Catherine subsequently became his assistant engineer and worked on albums such as Let England Shake by PJ Harvey and The Editors, In This Light and On This Evening. In addition to her collaborations with Flood, Catherine has also worked alongside legendary producer and mixer Alan Mulder on projects including Foles, Interpol and The Killers. Catherine is now working solo, with credits to date including The Wombats, St. Vincent, The Amazons, Wolf Alice and Foles. In 2016, she won Breakthrough Producer of the Year at the 2016 MPG Awards, cementing her reputation as one of the industry's best emerging talents. I'm here at Iguana Studios with Juliet and Celia from The Big Moon and producer Catherine Marks to talk about their work together on the album Love in the Fourth Dimension. And what better way to start that conversation than by hearing the title track, Love in the Fourth Dimension.
It is the Big Moon with Love in the Fourth Dimension, the title track of the album that they recorded with Catherine Marks, and so we know who everybody is. Let's let's hear you speak so we can work it out. So, Jules, if you want to speak into that microphone. Hi, I'm Jules. And we got Catherine over there. Hi, I'm as Catherine. Well. And we got Celia. Hi, I'm Celia. So, um, the three of you, along with the other two members of the Big Moon, recorded this album. Um, when did you meet? When did you start working together? Jules, do you remember when when it was that we first met? Um, I know we were at a studio. We, we were at Salt and Battery. We were at Salt and Battery in the waiting area, the reception area. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <clears throat> I remember being quite hot and bothered because I had a pint of water. So I must have like cycled there or something. Yeah, also because it's really far away from everything. I mean, not from where you live, no. but like... <laughs> Super convenient yeah, for me. Yeah, super convenient for you. <laughs> super inconvenient for everyone else. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> no. Um, where, where is the salt and battery? It's... Wilston? It, yeah. Right. But when was it? It like, was like January. Oh, okay. It was January 2015. Maybe 2016. I've got no idea. It was a point in the last two years. Yeah. Three years. 2016. It would have been 2016. Okay. And, and was the nature <laughs> of this meeting to... To, to suss each other out, as it were, to, to was yeah, working so, together on the cards. Yeah, we've yeah. been um, we'd recently signed to our label Fiction, and um, we'd been given a list of people who they thought might be good to make an album with. Uh, and Catherine's name was on that list, and she's someone that people had been saying to us for quite a long time since we started that would be good to work with. So we were interested in meeting her. Up until that point, we'd self-produced everything. Yeah. So it was like, now we've signed to a label and now they've given us this whole list of people who we're supposed to work with. And so we were quite at that stage where we were like, is this like... Yeah, why do do, why should we have to do this? <laughs> I, to- yeah. I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Because everything had sort of been working fine for you guys before. And, and Jules said, <laughs> we're going to say this, Jules was like, <laughs> so Catherine, <laughs> um, tell me. Why do we need a producer? <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> no, but it's it was, in the context of the conversation, it was to- a totally valid yeah. question. Oh man! And uh, and just sort of after you know, we'd sort of been chatting, and you kind of it's a, you're kind of getting a feel for each other as well. Like it's so it's like a blind date almost or something. You know, where you're like gauging whether you want to spend loads of time together or not. Yeah. Um, do you remember what you said? I, I think I said something like, well, you probably don't just from hearing what you'd done. But I said, if you're, if you also want to be focusing on performances and progressing, it's also good just to have someone who's on your team to bounce ideas off who's objective and not in the band or something sort of amazing like that. Yeah, that's <laughs> such a good answer. Really, is a good I answer. totally want to work with you. And all <laughs> and, um, that that must you, have been a good day. <laughs> when you say self-produced, had you gone into a studio to record those singles? Yeah, yeah. and so, so we had, had an engineer. But at that time, the recordings were all kind of basic, like... We just, I think we just thought you have, you know, if you have two guitars in a band, you record two guitars and that's that. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, so but the vibe was, was really, the vibe, the vibe, the vibe, <laughs> the vibe was really good. Like there was sort of an energy or something. And I remember thinking, I don't want to change that. You don't want to like polish that up. You want to keep yeah. all the kind of rough edges. But you totally did that. And when the first song we did together was Cupid. And, and the reason that we were like, oh my God, we need to make the album together was because you completely made it sound like 
how we think we sound when we play live. <laughs> I, re- I remember keep keep like I just kept watching you and your face. Uh, I, I remember Jules. like worrying about that interaction as well. Like what? I was about well, no, interaction. No, 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 in a good way. Like I was because I knew. Well, when you record with someone for the first time, there's like a tr- it's a trust thing. And I, I also really wanted to work with you. I was also really nervous about not, you know, because you had a very clear idea and I never wanted to, uh, I wanted to represent that idea or facilitate that idea. And I remember just watch, wanting to watch your facial expressions to make sure I hadn't <laughs> taken, <steps>. yeah, or <laughs> yeah. taken something in a wrong move or because we all needed ownership over the, over those recordings and, um you know, I wanted it to be like a collaboration, not like what I thought it should be. Um, but I remember like, you know, the little twinkle in your eye when you were sort of like, yeah, it's a, it sounds like how we sound. Right. <laughs> so, and where, where was it, this recording taking place? Then? Uh, we did it at Baltic Studios in Hoxton. God, she does have Haggiston. a good memory. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, I mean, with this album, did you record in lots of different places or did you record in one specific so we place? Did, so we did Cupid together first mm. and then we went back and did Formidable and Susie, Silent Movie Susie at the same time. We did that at Assault and Battery. Um, and then the rest of the album we did at East Coast Studios. That right. was like the main bulk of it. Yeah. Which we actually did in the least amount of time. Yeah, which we did. Yeah, I think we did, We did. yeah, Susie and Formidable in like five days. And then the whole album. I mean, you were only there for the first seven. seven yeah. <laughs> 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 That's yeah. sort of nuts. Ridiculous. To me. It is crazy. Cup- well, Cupid, I- we spent three days on. What? We spent three days. Well, on Cupid? I think because oh, we did pre-production. Yeah, we did. But yeah. but we we had the studio on hold for three days, and I think we we didn't end up need because you guys were such badasses. We didn't need the last day. We took a day off, then we mixed it or something. I yeah, think. but yeah, it's really funny. Uh, um, and and again because. We're in the studio, in Iguana Studios, which is where we recorded with Marika Hackman, her album. We did that in even less time, I think. You recorded that here? Yeah, we recorded that here. Really? Yeah. In this exact room? This exact no room. way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and <laughs> so I remember you have like a home turf advantage <laughs> right there. <laughs> um, and, our, and our A&R guy is now like really, really happy because he's like, okay, great. Well, the next album, you can do it in like five days. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> so going back to Baltic, which is where you worked on Cupid. Yeah. So um, obviously you'd heard the band, Catherine. You'd yes. seen them play live, I presume, or, or yeah, not? Yes. So I think... Uh, and it was lucky that I'd had a chance to do this, but maybe just after our meeting, yeah. So it must have been in January. Then you guys played at Brixton, not, oh, yeah, not very yeah. far from here. Uh, and I was sort of super. You know, I hadn't got the gig at that point. I don't think, but so you guys were amazing. I mean, just like so easy to watch and hot on stage. I mean, just like everything mm. was sort of perfect and then we and then you guys came out where we watched like the main act and we all hung out it was like oh yeah it was like a massive love in we were all probably quite drunk (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that's the intriguing thing because i mean definitely from having watched the big moon i I loved the chemistry and the communication on stage between the members of the band and it always looks like you're having a great time together and you love playing together and then trying to capture that on a record could be quite a challenge in a way i think there's two sides there's definitely like a a conscious decision that we made to make 
the record have a live energy and a, and or a, or an energy as I said earlier like a representation of the girls personalities uh but then there's another side which is like this intangible thing that you can't necessarily control that that like there is an idea <laughs> that that's going to happen whether or not it makes it onto record you don't know but we you know there's I suppose there's ways that you can sort of at least attempt to do that and that is through the kind of you know the way we recorded it which is um you know playing a lot of the songs sort of over and over again until there is something that is kind of indescribable but is that thing that kind of like gets you in in the chest or or makes you want to get up and dance or something that that uh where you go yeah Am I allowed to swear? No, probably not. That's yeah. not you. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like a nice balance of after you've played a song 25 times in a row, that you, you kind of get a nice balance of like frustration and just like want to get this over with. But yeah. also like, I'm really getting into this now and I'm playing harder than I was before and I'm singing louder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is all because I wonder what that experience is like for you guys when... Uh, I'm making you like just one more time and actually I'm lying because just one more time yeah. just one more time such a liar <laughs> 20 takes later just just one more Catherine would, all, would also like she'd be like secretly changing the tempo or something as yeah. we were going along just one more time and then we'd play it and it'd be like one BPM slow and we'd be like that one felt weird <laughs> just I, to I, check that we're all still like awake yeah but like, you'd always pick up on it like you'd go did you just change the tempo and I'd be like uh, <laughs> Who me? Maybe. <laughs> Damn it! Like he couldn't guess that. Yeah, but um, and yeah, I, but- yeah, I remember when we were playing soccer, um, and we were all like in a really bad mood, and I was like, "No, we're not doing it. Like this isn't the one. Like we can't record it when we're all feeling like this. We have to, we have to all be in a better mood. Otherwise, yeah. it's not gonna. Like, I don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the flip side. Like when there is a, you know. You, when you've been working hard, it's when you're doing something creative, how can you force yeah. the issue? And so, but it's also hard as a producer or someone, or I mean, we were all sharing the responsibility when you know you have such a short amount of time. Yeah, that's really interesting. So Cupid was the first song you worked on together. Yes. So if we yeah. go back to, to Baltic and that, that time. Yeah. <laughs> so what, at what stage of readiness was Cupid? Was this in the live set? And what was Catherine working on in terms of what she knew of the song before you know, she set you up and um, started recording? Uh, we had demos. Yeah. So I'd made a demo of it at home, which is like how I write songs is kind of I've got a terrible memory so if I write a song and just sort of start playing by the time I get to the end of something that I think I like I will forget how it went in the first place so I kind of record as I go along and there's quite often some really shitty sounding drum machine sounds <laughs> right the phone has to decipher oh my god they're just horrible they're all like clicked in <coughs> midi drums so they're completely <laughs> unplayable sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but boy do you try <laughs> so so with cupid you'd done something like that that was actually one of the first ones you brought to us that wasn't every part written yeah like it didn't I, have drums it didn't have it didn't have a bass it didn't line have a bass line. and didn't have a lead guitar part either it was one of the first ones we ever did working out more of it in the rehearsal room and then we recorded it live did a full band demo of it so have we got any of these demos for that we could have a listen to yeah <laughs> fantastic so we're going to hear the very <laughs> first demo you made for cupid 
Yeah, this yeah. is um, me in my bedroom. Ah, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sound. So this is your first one. Yeah. Vocals. <laughs> I sound really weird. I forgot we totally we changed the song with you. Yeah, but no. I forgot we added an extra chorus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that I mean that, but that's no, but that sounds fantastic to me. So that is the original demo of Cupid recorded in your bedroom in Dalston Jewels. Yeah, um, and just you and the guitar. But it's interesting because the arrangement is there. A lot of the arrangement is there. Yeah, it's but also it. I mean. It, in the song, the final version that was recorded by Catherine Marks, you know, there's this explosion when all the band come in and you, you hint at it. And I'm wondering when, when you write this and when you record it in that form, whether in your head you're hearing, you know, Fern and Soph and, and Celia all coming in and, and creating this. Yeah, this totally. Big I right. feel like you, I can hear how you thought that would end up. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I'm sort of, I've got like a kind of like, this is a no brainer to me, look on expression on my face right now. But it's also, I think it's the first song that you wrote after we were all a band together. Is it? Yeah, I think so. All the other songs that we were working on at that time were stuff you'd written before we before existed. Before you existed, yeah. But this was the first thing you wrote when we were a thing. So that's why it makes sense that there's, it's a bit sparser in terms of, the arrangement because everything that we anything that we come up with if we come up with it it's it's within this world that Jules has already created um so you know if if Soph's coming up with like a if she's left space for Soph to come up with a guitar line it's both because she knows what Soph might do and Soph knows what she might want um and then but you demoed it further so you ended up with a, a demo that you did at east coat before catherine was involved which was a full band demo then so that's more of a, yeah. a full band thing do you have that i've probably you- got that well, i think we never mixed it mixed it so this will just be like a monitor mm. kind of thing i'm gonna get this perfectly yeah, we changed the drum arrangement. Yeah, we added an extra chorus. We cut the middle eight. Yeah, 
to be honest, I think I, I think this was one song where I was like, I actually don't know what to do to it. From a, it was I was like thinking from a sonic point of view, I'm gonna let's see kind of what how things sound in the studio. But I know we we definitely did pre prod on this, so and it was sort of like we changed things where it was like barely perceptible that we changed things and it kind of felt the same, but they were very clear decisions, like arrangement decisions and yeah. drum p- pattern decisions. and Yeah. And also there's like strummy things as well. Like I remember there was... Oh, yeah, you mic'd up the, the like raw guitar strings. Yeah, but there was the way that Soph and uh, or maybe it was like a bass line or like a little drum... Fill, it was you guys doing the same strum or... Then following a little guitar feel or something, I think. But it was just like fine tuning those sort of yeah. things, which we did on a lot of other songs as well. Do you know what? Do you know what I'm talking about, babe? Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm just listening to the music. <laughs> you see, this is I've the got kind one of track thing. mind. I remember, like when, yeah, you know, you were saying about you always looking at jewels, and I. And I, that's uh, something I really remember throughout all the times that we recorded together is you being like, Jules, this is okay. And Jules is being like, I'm sorry, I haven't been listening to anything you've said for the past like <laughs> half an hour. And Catherine's like, so I've been thinking about this and like, are you sure? Like, what about that? And like, maybe we should do it like that. And what do you think, Jules? What do you think? And Jules is just like, sorry, what? I am so bad. She's just I, so, zone, like, I zone out so it's much. So like, I'm try- I know that I'm doing it. I'm trying really hard to stay in a conversation. <laughs> But I can't. But I, but I but I do exactly. Well, I'm thinking about the song, and someone goes, "Do you want something to eat?" I'm like, "What? I can't think about food right yeah, now." Yeah, you do it too. Yeah, you definitely do. We're the- just thinking about completely different <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah, you definitely do the like looking straight through you thing. Yeah, like yeah. staring out the window with your cigarette, like yeah. and a mug uh, of coffee, and you think that she's in the conversation, yeah. and then she'd be like. Okay, so I think we need to do it five BPM slower. And we're like, we haven't been talking about that. <laughs> I'm picking up from a conversation we had three days yeah. ago. <laughs> so that this is the song that you first worked on together. Yeah. And so then how did you decide to record them? How did you decide to arrange where they were? Were, did you, were they all in separate rooms? Were they all together? Together. Or, we were together in a room. Yeah. Well, was Fern in a separate room or all, no, all four? All of four. The band? I mean, the, ro- the the studio is just w- it's one room and right. a control room. So their amps were in various sort of like the kind of computer room, and you know we'd sort of like shunted the the amps so that there was a le- at least a little bit of isolation. And then also, I kind of like it when you know I didn't care if Jules was kind of singing loudly that and it was picked up on the drums. But I think we did some takes where you didn't necessarily sing. Yeah. Because I play the guitar better when I don't sing. Yeah, it's so that trying to do two things at once thing again. Yeah, <laughs> but then the, those are sort of things that I look at when we're. That's why pre-prod so uh, or rehearsal is so important to me because it's figuring those things out about how everyone plays together or what people need or 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 what what helps get a better performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with Cupid, you did. You were saying Celia earlier that you did a couple of days pre-production on on for this. We did one kind or of like one af- day, one like one kind of afternoon on it, and we yeah we added in an extra chorus and um, and chopped out a bit, and it was the first time we'd ever done anything like that with our songs. Also, the rehearsal and then like in the recording studio for a lot of these songs was it was an extension of the rehearsal or the pre-prod. So it was like 
getting okay you get the sounds and then just play it's we're still kind of workshopping through and fine-tuning things and things might sound different in the studio to how they sound when you're sitting in a band room and everything's sort of really loud things are much more detailed yeah so then it's sort of a natural thing and you probably would have sung like a few times and we would have run through it and they'll be like okay let's try some without singing but it's not like oh this is the take so don't sing wasn't it It was like and then and then it was it would be uh every there would be a particular take that everyone felt was really good like that was kind of unanimous and then we try a few more to see if it got any better and if not we've got one yeah that's sort of how we did all of the songs from then on and then we'd always do vocals separately so Jules would do her and yeah same same kind of thing like do it once and then do it 20 more times probably go with the first one (laughs) and And in terms of the backing vocals as well because they're such a crucial part of the sound as uh, too aren't they yeah well we did it separately like then I'd do it and then Soph would do it or whichever way around but we um but when we did the album when we came to do the album we did them all at the same time like all three of us separately yeah because that's how you sing it um but yeah for cupid we did and i remember catherine sitting in the um recording room being like can you just like sing more like an angel (laughs) can you use your angel voice did i really yeah i was like what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) oh i said that to you yeah you said it to me you do come out with some crackers and I'm like, like, I, this, oh, like what? <laughs> on this session as well this was when oh, the I guitar- remember you yeah. told Soph you said to Soph can you play the guitar as if it's really really big and every movement you make is really grand and important and then you like gesturing with your hands like this but then Soph did the take and it sounded amazing <laughs> did like she your act- hands are really small but the guitar is really big oh, and you've got to move and she was like uh, alright fine <laughs> <laughs> but that that stuff really does make a difference well, yeah. I, I want, can we could you, could we hear that could we hear Soph's guitar Soph's big that? guitar yeah Okay, here is the big guitar. I bet actually what I meant by that is, can you play it a little bit behind the beat? But in order to do that, I felt like I needed to say, can you play with really big strokes, maybe? Yeah. Mm. So what other elements can we hear? Because in essence, we think of the big moon as two guitars, bass, drums and vocals, lead vocal and backing vocals. But if you listen in detail to the album, there's a lot more going on. Well, I mean, Um, I mean, we do have synth in the live that Fern plays. She plays keys and synth pads. So that's that's always been an element since the very early demos that Jules wrote before we even existed. We call them stealth elements because because you they're just sort of tucked in to mm. kind of f- either fill a space or support another part but, but just with a unique sound you know like a kind of unique combination yeah. of sounds N- not that unique <laughs> <laughs> there's four different stealth synths <laughs> i remember it took me a really long time to play them right do you remember because i i hadn't played this song on the piano before so i was like trying to remember all the chords what is what did we do this on Juno or I can't remember no idea just whatever was on the wall yeah 
Oh, uh, yes, we did this on the Juno. Well, there were, yeah, there was like a few little... Yeah, there was a wall of synths. There was the a wall of synths. That's a Juno. Oh, it's really cool. Oh, it is sexy. There's the angels. Sing like angels. an angel. I've been waiting for a girl like you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. That's just a distorted <laughs> piano. And so, say that word change and the way you've sung it there. Yeah. Did that change? Did that go through various evolutions of say, singing it like that Yeah, it was way? different in the first demo, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think you might have done it in rehearsal or whatever, or you may have started doing it live and we were just yeah. like, let's just do it like that. Yeah, usually, yeah, when you play songs live, you realise what's actually singable. Mm-hmm. But, um, John, there was something that I uh, remembered about, you were asking about, like, um, but how do you pick the performance mm. or, to, or how do you pick the take? And I remember specifically with this song, but it's it's often kind of what happens when people get into a room to record, you know, sometimes there's like, sometimes it's perfect, but sometimes there's something, you know, just from you know, someone got bored, so they sort of shifted up something and maybe then the next take someone sort of, you know, the drummer might have like followed, you know, what Jules is doing. Or or there's just like a moment of happy accident where just before the chorus, everything sort of falls apart, which makes the way the chorus hit feel even more amazing, which isn't on any of the other takes. So there'll be just something that's just a little bit different, so wrong, but it makes a particular moment that you're looking for to hit, hit in the most perfect way things aren't perfect but they're right yeah they're and you, correct and oh, you get like oh, those happy accidents yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i just remember that god that i just thinking god those toms sound so good and i remember that was another thing that i thought about the first time that we worked with you is how much time you and fern spent on the drums and no one had really done that before and and when it came back they just sounded amazing the uh, I don't know if it had been highlighted before, but there's like the and but then there was like a little sort of counter rhythm that that Fern kind of adapted. What was your? Because it's yeah, because it's and she's going like that. There it is. Yeah. Can we just say, Fern? Fern is just the best drummer of all time. It's the best drummer ever. I don't um, know if you realise, but this is just fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting is that just in those two, like two notes, she's referenced you know a whole period of music. No? Yeah. And and I love that that's just in one tiny bit of the song. You know. So, but it, yeah, sh- but it, that's one of the interesting things about the Big Moon is that subtly you reference all these things within these songs. No? But, and thank you for reminding me of that because I remember thinking Fern plays about fifty million drum grooves in one song 
where normally I'm trying to like, let's just focus this down and make it simple. But what you don't want to change that about a band because that is what is cool about the big moon is that one quarter of them does this really cool thing, which without you knowing it, plays 50 million different drum grooves in one song and how they kind of just seamlessly work in together. She's... the parts that she writes are so sensitive to what everyone else is writing, but they also are like a cool thing on its own. Yeah. Do you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, totally. Amazing. It's great hearing that all broken down, but we're going to have a blast now of the finished product right now. I'm going to get this perfectly right. I'm gonna get this perfectly right I've been trying to catch a knife for a lifetime I'm gonna get this perfectly right He said I'm gonna shoot the perfect So that is Cupid by The Big Moon, the first song that they worked on with Catherine Marks. Um, And so from there, um, you had a couple more recording sessions in different places. Yeah. You may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in, as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Tape Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organising and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labelling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organise set lists and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. One of our favourite features within Tape It Pro is that you can record in stereo using two microphones along with gentler dynamic compression to give a much more natural sound than any of the usual apps. It's a huge upgrade to the microphone and all-round audio quality. It really helps support the podcast whenever you engage with our sponsors. So if Tape It sounds like an app you'd use, then do us a favour. Pause the episode, head to the link in a recent episode show notes, or visit tape.it forward slash tape notes and give Tape It a go. That's tape.it forward slash tape notes. You can download for free or use the promo code tape notes for 50% off Tape It Pro. Thank you. And now on with the show. 
Did you do it? Honestly, Tape It is fantastic. All of the Tape Notes team members are complete converts. And excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. We're going to hear Bonfire you've selected from the album to have a listen to in in detail. And what, why this particular song? Because it's interesting the choices you've made, I think, to, to kind of analyse, because they're not necessarily the, the, the songs that everybody will be most familiar with. We but, took a vote on our WhatsApp group and they were the winners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think Bonfire... Um, was the first song that we recorded for the album so we did bonfire when we were doing the album sessions over those like seven days or however <laughs> tiny amount of time it was um and that was the first song i think we did it on like a second or third day yeah, yeah. Like, we kind of went in the control room to listen to the live take that we'd just done and it just sounded amazing like straight away and kind of for me like set the mood for the whole rest of the album like it just sounds really fun it was so fun i mean that if a song if like fun had a sound that it would be bonfire yeah but (laughs) we like we just we stuffed so many cool noises in there and like really played around with it yeah but and and, and it sounds very live and it starts with a count in yeah then obviously that's as you say there's all these other things going on too but but the foundation of it and the heart of it is those girls playing Mm. live is it fan counting in welsh or just i thought she's just making noises in the end i I didn't know that we kept that i think she might be counting in welsh (laughs) (laughs) and that and it's that was one of the ones bonfire was one of the ones we played loads of times and uh, was one of the like Catherine going fun <laughs> like at the end of each take fun could you just like and then completely change everything that you've been that is like yeah. <laughs> entrenched in your muscle memory for the past three months and and like those last outro sections trying to make them work oh my god the, the slowing timing. down and speeding up yeah we ended up oh, um, yeah, that so that's why completely freestyle without a click or anything yeah so that's why she's like she's gone mad a bit and that's, <laughs> that's the sound of fern going mad just like okay let's do it again like yeah. blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. And then I think that's probably why it sounds the way it does, because we were all a bit I, I don't think crazy. <laughs> this song didn't even have like a normal, like we didn't call like a section a verse or a chorus. It was yeah. just like the, the Weezer section, yeah. the Hawaiian yeah. section. Because yeah. there are the so many sections. Yeah, the Nevada section. So, but how did it start? Did it start with all these sections or did it start yeah. um, bedroom style with you again, Jules? Yeah, um, it did start bedroom style. Oh my god! It was a very, very early one. It was like the third song I ever wrote, or something. Wow! But do it was you, do you have lo- that with you today? Yeah. Oh my god! I really don't know what this is going to sound like. I can't even remember. This is from the 18th of May, 2014. Take me to your oh, Start 
There's no singing. <laughs> we played again. This is just like a guitar section. Yeah. And um, but this is No, but that's how it was before. Yeah. That's how it was before pre-production. And we played it um <coughs> we played this song the other day at a gig and and people were singing that do 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 like in the way that like that section lads sing along yeah. you know football chant and I was the, like whoa they're singing the riff they're singing the riff <laughs> <laughs> you know you've made it when they're singing along to the yeah, riff like, oh, <laughs> when did we become this bad <laughs> <laughs> but cool <laughs> but it's amazing so this is did you say Jules that this is the third song you ever wrote or the third song you ever demoed which way round it would have been both at the same time right wow yeah because I I write and demo at the same time yeah Okay, so this song, I think there are about 20 different versions mm. of it on here. This is right. just the first one that I've opened. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fascinating, though, because there are so many elements there. But yet, yeah, it is one of the songs on the album that has the most different sections. But also, we <laughs> it just is so much more pointed now. Like, yeah. it starts big and it gets big earlier and it all just makes a lot more sense. It's uh, yeah. So yeah, it sounds like a bonfire. Because it used to just start <laughs> yeah. with me and Fern when we played it live. It used to just start with me and Fern, and then we made it big from the beginning. Yeah. What had you heard, Catherine, when you went in to record this song? So this is the first song of the the third and final session for recording the album. Yeah. Um, and the one that you thought, yeah, this is going to be brilliant, or everybody thought this is going to be brilliant. We're going to have such fun they doing all, this. They um, all. Uh, Every song in rehearsal prior to that the sort of rec- the kind of recording of the album proper, every all the babies had an equal shot at life. There were yeah. no favourites <laughs> at that particular time. <laughs> I, don't know, oh I don't know why I came up with equal that. Equal shot at life. It's so dark. <laughs> Sorry. But they did. I know what you mean yeah, and I agree yeah, with it. Yeah. yeah. And so I can't even remember like what were the ones that we laboured over the most. What I mean, I know there, there was some sort of input from record labels about certain songs that they felt were like singles, but I was like, let's not put pressure on any of the songs to be singles. Let's just give them all a fighting chance. So then you don't know what's going to come up and like come up the ranks. But this was one that just I probably secretly felt was like a bit of a winner. Yeah, I had the demos kind of listened to them. But the, what to me was more important was how we, we were doing them in rehearsal. That was when I learned the most about them. Before we all worked on it together in pre-production, it didn't have as much of a kind of a backbone as it has now. Like yeah. especially with the drums, like... The, there's a kind of like tapping on a rim through the whole verse that wasn't there before and that tied the drums to the guitars and made it make sense and like drove it forward a lot more. And um, this was the one where you were hitting the hardware case with shoes. Yeah. There's that video of you doing that and slapping our bellies. Yeah. That was on this one as well. It was, just a, it was it, I think, labour-intensive and pre-prod. <laughs> really fun to record in the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, really but, but Once we got except it, Except yeah. for Fern. Yeah, apart from <laughs> Fern. Oh, poor Fern. That, you were like, that outro bit can't slow down. We're like, yeah, but it has to, like, breathe. Like, you have to, like, like trying to describe coming out of the, like, the grungy bit into the Hawaiian bit as, like, a... Out of the ways a bit. Yeah, like, oh. Uh, that's one of my favourite things on Feelings, the album. Yeah, is that that Hawaiian. Well, let's let's start hearing these different elements put okay. together then. So this is the finished version. 
It's Welsh. It's yeah. Welsh. It is Welsh. <laughs> I love it when Fern gets like that. Yeah, when she gets yeah, a little bit crazy. A little bit crazy. <laughs> So slinky. Yeah. slinky it's like it sounds wriggly but it's that bass line as well like that um yeah i always feel like that when i'm playing it you look like that when you're playing it So does this section have a name? Have you got a name for this section? Second verse. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> the song right. hasn't got too weird yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just been first chorus, first chorus. I remember that um, that burnt this pole bit wasn't in the song until we started recording it it used yeah. to just sort of suddenly be a guitar solo and but now I it's like, like it so much more now yeah, yeah. I love it because no matter how much how tired I know you are <laughs> or like how tired I, yeah you can see that you are you always just scream that so loud and it's amazing it every time so good so good when we play this live, I always run out of air and I have to just stop sometimes and just... Yeah. Because <laughs> Jules doesn't play the guitar when we do it live until this bit. So the first bit, she's just jumping around. You put on a different <laughs> voice. I love it. We kept it. It was great. There it is. <laughs> So which bit is this that? This is the Nirvana bit. This yeah. is, so this is the Nirvana section. <laughs> yeah. And you're in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> So many cool little things, and that so and crazy end. guitar noises. But it's but it'll be like there'll be a part, but it'll just be like the, the you know, sh- 
sofa will go in or you'll go in or whatever and it'll just be like, again like it's sort of out of boredom or you're you yeah. just want to try something new or you're reacting to the sound in your headphones and like just something cool comes out and we're like that was cool we're keeping yeah. that and that's like, staying in and that like when i'm when i go like at the end i'm like that is again me going crazy like, <laughs> yeah like, are we going to do this again? <laughs> do we have to do this again? <laughs> like, that, haven't we done it enough? <laughs> but it's great because obviously that all reflects the meaning of the song. You know, yeah. The song is about yeah. that, that kind of and tension that yeah, comes in yeah. from, oh, I've got to do something. No, and, yeah. and so it, you, you reflected that both musically and in the way that you performed that musically and that the tension is being released in various different ways, um, yeah. which is fantastic. You know, and it, that's almost the kind of thing, Catherine, that a producer would set up and create. <laughs> no, you know <laughs> how you hear design. about... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did set it up um, to create an environment in the studio, didn't you? Because it seems that from what you were saying um, earlier on, to, to be able to find the time in your schedules to be able to record for this week in Eastcote in Kensal Rise, um, you had to cancel a, a holiday, Catherine. Somebody else so had to cancel yeah, a holiday. Yes, had to cancel a holiday. Um, and, but you wanted to continue this holiday environment, so you brought in blow-up <laughs> well, palm I was, trees or something. I was just like, something. I'm supposed to be on bloody holiday. We're all going to be on holiday. <laughs> Uh, so that'll yeah. teach them. Yeah. So I brought in. Yeah, this is going to be the best week of your life. <laughs> I'm going to make sure of it. Um, and so I brought in some lays and Cecil, um, who was the engineer on the project, who's awesome. He brought in some. Well, I brought a blow blow up palm tree. He brought in a blow up flamingo, and then like a blow up banana turned up. Yeah, and then blow up a monkey. Blow up monkey. I think he just was getting stuff delivered to his house every day and he he would wear his lay like like I remember bumping into him one morning in the street before we got into the studio and he was already wearing his lay so I don't know maybe he slept in it but he was like dedicated to the tropical vibes I, and I yeah. think that that dedication I went to my brother's comes through. my big brother's wedding the day after we finished recording and I wore my lay to the wedding <laughs> I was addicted, <laughs> but it, but that I think also creating that environment when when the there is a sense of pressure, but the pressure had to be tape totally eradicated because yes, it was the first your first sort of your debut record, but we only have seven days to do it. So the only way to manage these expectations is to take any expectations away. So this is yeah. just going to like the only thing we can do with this is have fun. No, it was it was the best week, one of the best weeks of my life. Oh my god! Oh, me too. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Jules. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I mean, we've said this a lot. Like we we did move very quickly. We didn't have a lot of time, but we did somehow still have spend so much time like singing every song through a megaphone <laughs> <laughs> and like you know let's do those plucky parts on the ukulele yeah like there's a ukulele on bonfire yeah, oh, yeah. should oh. we should we listen well, to that yeah, yeah. do you want to listen to this <laughs> who's it's playing in the, Hawaii the ukulele uh, i think <coughs> it's so yeah i remember working it out though and i was really annoyed because i hate the ukulele but she was doing something else so i was working out the part and then was like Play. That's nice. It's oh, awesome. It's lovely. <laughs> this is the Hawaiian section. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have a uke on the yeah. Hawaiian section. <laughs> yeah, but there is actually uke on so many songs on the yeah. album. Really? Yeah, yeah because stealth uke. Yeah, because once you've once we <laughs> found out that it sounds so n nice and plucked. 
effect like mm. um it's like kind of like a string element yeah so now yeah. it's on the, it's on the end which right which is what we're going to talk about talk in just a second yeah. i just want to check the struck match in oh, bonfire because right. uh, um. i really like that and obviously it ties in with the bonfire uh, there's theme there's also a gunshot a gunshot <laughs> is there? Yeah, so yeah. on there's a whole stem called gunshot and match stem. So <laughs> Oh, we've got to hear that. This is the match. No, that's the gunshot. Oh sorry, that's the gunshot. <laughs> <clears throat> this is the gunshot. <laughs> also, it really doesn't sound like a gunshot. No. Also, where is it? <laughs> it's here. <laughs> This whole gunshot. <laughs> Bit of an explosion. This is such a cool song. I think yeah. this is the match. Sweet. Wow. Sounds like it's got phaser on it. I lit so many matches. So many to matches. Get the right match take. <laughs> so, but you, but Catherine didn't actually record that match. Is that right? No, no, no. that would have been with Cecil after right. I'd after I'd left. Right. So he did it, but you you're, you were seeing overseeing it somehow wherever you. We had this thing called the Scroll of Destiny that was <laughs> taped up in the back of the control room, and it had like a list of everything that we were going to do on each track. Any idea, any hope, dream, yeah. desire for this particular song, yeah. imagery, uh, but mainly like just a yeah practical list of what we needed to do for yeah. each song. So all of that was the, was written down before Catherine left. Mm. So the match would have been, yeah. Did you do that in time or did Cecil have to nudge you, nudge it? I think he nudged it. Okay. It's hard to play a match <laughs> in time fire just has its own rhythm and, uh, <laughs> how many matches do you think you wasted maybe like six right oh that's that's i think that's pretty good it going. made a really nice smell birthday smell yeah so um celia you'd come up with some connection to the end which we're going to yeah, talk about it's now the, yeah there's one of my favorite parts in all of the songs is this bit in the second verse of the end this guitar line that Soph does that's um and we did that yeah just like that um and we did that on the ukulele as well and there are actual strings on this um strings are beautiful some of which are played by my big sister that's nice on the violin yeah it's very nice I think it would be nice to hear the demo of the end before we, we discuss it any further. I've got it right here. I remember when we were recording this, I got a really sore left hand because there's so many chords. Your it doesn't actually sound like very many, but your job's really it hard. hard. <laughs> <laughs> it must suck playing in a band. <laughs> Where does the end sit in terms of your um, history of writing these songs? Because obviously uh, with Bonfire, that was quite an early composition, wasn't it? So yeah, that was really early. This is later, much mm. later. Oh, well... This is uh, the 24th of April, 2015, according to my laptop. So that's kind of like a year later, a year after yeah. Bonfire. Yeah. I mean, it's got strings on, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think I would have even attempted that if I didn't feel a little bit more confident. 
And so in terms of recording this for the album then, um, did you refer to that demo or did you... You heard this in rehearsal, I think you were saying, Catherine, and it, the rehearsals... So, uh, yeah, I was actually yeah. just looking for my notes uh, on the, on my phone because I remember when I'd heard all the demos, uh, I'd written like loads of notes and mm. ideas for each song. Um, and this one in particular, I think there were some notes from your American label about this particular so I might about I don't know there were some various ideas and I was just I was sort of written writing counter arguments as to why I thought they were wrong <laughs> um, yeah but, I mean we, and we'd done another demo of this as well yeah I don't think this was that was uh, that, that wouldn't have been the, the one because we did it in um the what the demo that I heard oh, had drums yeah, on it the demo that had <laughs> and you did the whole it thing had on loads of stylophone, stylophone on it yeah. you know that little instrument that Rolf Harris used to yeah, play yeah. with like the pen yeah. that's the, that's another phase of Jules in the studio is she'll find a toy and and she'll have to get it on there and and it'll be something she hasn't played before like there's a bandolin on one of our songs not on the album it's on like a b-side but yeah so she found the stylophone and then wanted to have it over the whole thing and but was like trying to work out how to play it at the same time so we'd done the song and it was all there but we had to stay in the studio for ages while she like worked out but we it didn't it. make through to the, I went the next stage no, no. I did like eight tracks of stylophone <laughs> I was like we gotta put this one on now let's do the octave now let's do a vibrato <laughs> and Mark was so sweet about just being like okay yeah I've got okay yeah I've got another track up yeah and I was like uh <laughs> but it could have been amazing and that's why you have to do it mm. yeah you know you don't know until you've done eight tracks of stylophone whether it's going So, Jules, I mean, wh- when you're singing, who do you think you're referencing? How have you evolved this style? Because particularly with the end, when I was listening to it, I was struck by uh, the thought of Richard Hawley or, or somebody like that. Oh, I love Richard Hawley. And because you kind of croon on this song. And, and, and it's, I was trying to work out now, why does he sing the way he sings? Because obviously he's a guitar player and he's a great guitar player and he sings and he's used to playing guitar when he's singing no and, and it's that it's that difference between crooning in that way as opposed to say um somebody who would stand alone at the microphone mm. and because it, there's a there's a slight difference to it isn't there i mean i do love crooning mm. i love those kind of voices like roy orbison and elvis i love a good crooner yeah <laughs> yeah no that's great it just great. feels really good to sing like that yeah can i say something uh, yes. <laughs> no. Um, which something we haven't spoken about surprisingly is your lyrics. Yeah. Mm. And this one, I remember at the time specifically this one. Well, you have a an amazing way of putting very simply a kind of universal feeling, but a, with a different slant on it. But then that resonates, and then I connect with, and then I'm sure a lot of other people connect with. But you could also have it also has the possibility of having different meaning depending on what mood you're in when you're listening to the song. But then also you do it with like a little twinkle in your eye or a little <laughs> or a little bit of humour or a little bit of like making fun of yourself and that particular feeling. Which is really hard to do with in like <laughs> in a song. But that was also one of the things that I was very attracted to uh, to about your music. I think it's good to make a song not entirely What's the word? Like, Explicit? Yeah. yeah. Or direct? 
because you you don't want it to be like I went to the shops today and I bought some bread and then you know that's what that song's about and that's all it will ever be about <laughs> and also I think a lot of the um the kind of like trying to be funny or like making fun of myself is sort of a defense mechanism because so often my lyrics are about things that are really deeply personal or like really mean a lot so it's you kind of want to deflect the attention yeah. away from that sometimes by being like oh yeah but you know whatever <laughs> but it but it but it works because it's because still the songs have these this deep meaning but with the reality of like this shit happens to everyone like everyone kind of so you can either kind of sit in a black hole or or listen to this music. Or sit in a black hole and listen to music about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, but that's what music's for. Yeah. When you want to yeah. sit in a black hole, you need a soundtrack. Yeah. For me, like, when I'm writing, quite often the lyrics are the hardest part, like making things rhyme or making things scan well or just feel good to sing or like crooning, you know, something that feels good. Nothing feels better than when you find something that fits, that says exactly what you were feeling like or what you wanted to say. Some of your lyrics are like little hooks as well, like Tropical Rubicon Courage is like something that's just stuck in my head forever. <laughs> but it has a nice that, rhythm to it. Yeah. yeah, but that's also how Jules talks as well. Like if anything's happening, Jules will just say exactly what it's like but in a way that you would never have thought about describing whatever it is is going on and making reference to, like, I can't even... <laughs> I want examples. Well, she was, you know, the one that I always remember is, like, she said that a record sounded like the guy had recorded it under his duvet, like, out of the end of his duvet. And you're like, that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like he was playing it under his duvet. <laughs> and everything that that implies, like... <laughs> And then they were recording it from a microphone out the end of it. That's exactly what the record sounds like. And, you, and you're like, oh, yeah. So how are we going to break this down? So we've heard the demo. Um, how did you result or get to the result that we hear on, on the record? Um, this is Soph's wobbly guitar. Oh, oh that, that was so cute. Yeah. Sounds like a little creature. Oh. <laughs> and what's she? What is she using to create that? What's it? Flurb. Flurb. The, what is flurb? Um, flurb. It's, it's like a. The, is it the holiest a holy grail, which is like a guitar pedal? Yeah. And it's, it's got like spring hall room and then flurb. flurb setting. I mean, it's very recognisable, and I try and use it sparingly because it has that little little. Mm. But it's so like there was Zed's this one, which is the end, and Love in the Fourth, where. We, we sort of felt like even though the songs were quite sparse, we could get a little bit weird on them. And we definitely like tried to like, do, would you agree with that? Jules, I'm looking at you. Yeah. What? So, well, just, you know. The, Making the songs weird. Well, we, we, we felt free to put like a little bit of weird into them. Yeah, definitely. And they're a bit wonky. We were nurturing well. the weird. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I always think of these little, th those sort of little moments. Oh, Twin Peaks guitar. That's the Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Just the combination of sounds. Mm. Oh yeah. so good. 
What is that? That is that's a pog playing pog, through pog, the pog. pog. That's the bit that always gets fun. Fun, like, that's like hairs on the back of her neck mm. when Soph plays that bit. We could make a whole different record with just with the stems. This stuff yeah. sounds amazing. And the. Where's the uke on that one? Oh. That's the uke. Oh wow. no, it's lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> With no, just the uke, it. it sounds like. Oh. That makes me really sad. Yeah. The loneliest instrument ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's amazing yeah. what you can do with a uke. That's like, break my heart it a little is. bit. Yeah. So like wistful, yeah. Yeah. But did, you did say, Celia, that your sister plays on this. Yeah, my sister plays a violin on this. Right. Oh yeah. So where does that come in? So that's in the. The strings come in towards the end. There's also Selena strings. There's also Selena strings, yeah. Which is like this stringy organ mm. like in, thing, yeah. So dramatic. Yeah, she's good. I love counter melodies like that. Yeah. I was in there like conducting her, which is really cool. Yeah. It was a really nice thing to do. Because she doesn't like, she, she doesn't play the violin as her job or anything she's like yeah or even in an orchestra or anything at the moment she just did it when we were younger mm. but it was very good and so it was nice to have her on the album and to be like look this is what I do <laughs> this is my job I also remember it just being really refreshing to see a new person in the <laughs> studio because we'd been there sort of 12 hours a day for seven days or however long and then uh, in pop B yeah. She was just like so new. <laughs> I really savoured it. Yeah. <laughs> I love the very end of this song because it's like the end of the album, mm. the end of the song. And this song is probably the most like dramatic and emotional out of all of them. And at the end, like all the instruments are just like playing loads of notes all at once and just it's like yeah. we've all like started like glitching <laughs> that's enough it's so good to speak to you and uh, find out more about the record yeah it's, it's good to us. remember everything yeah mm. thank you Celia, Catherine and Jules for coming in and telling us about the creation of Love in the Fourth Dimension the end is the end of the album and it would be brilliant to hear how the end of the end 
Ends. Ends. <laughs> the end of the end. Maybe we should end the podcast with that, with... that outgoing, just building. Yeah. Maybe element just... by element. is brought to you by in the woods if you've enjoyed this podcast please leave us a review tell your friends about us and make sure you're subscribed so you can enjoy the latest episodes when they're released until next time i'm john kennedy and thanks for listening